0: In business and life, relationships are everything. Welcome to the People Catalyst podcast, where we interview top business leaders and learn how they build relationships with their teams, clients, and those that promote and refer them. Here's your host, business trainer and leader of the People Catalyst team, Carla Nelson.
1: John Levise helps sales teams become revenue rock stars. He teaches professionals how to turn case studies into case stories and become memorable and magnetic. John is a top-rated keynote speaker on sales, storytelling, marketing, negotiation, and persuasion. He shares lessons he learned from his sales career at Condé Nast, where he won 2012 Salesperson of the Year. After John speaks, the sales team learn how to form an emotional connection and a compelling sales story with clients. His TEDx talk, Be the Lifeguard of Your Own Life, has over one point two million views, and in addition to be a top-rating sales keynote speaker to companies like Coca-Cola, Anthem, Olympus, and Honeywell, John is the best-selling author of better selling through storytelling and has been featured on TV multiple times, including being interviewed by Larry King. John's podcast, The Successful Pitch, is heard in over 60 countries. Don't miss out on hearing how you can create a compelling case story in order to help more of your ideal clients. And welcome to the People Catalyst podcast, Mr. John Livestay.
0: Hello, we're so,
1: Carla. <laughs> we're so excited. I, I can't help myself because not only are you been a dear friend for my goodness now, what about six years or so, I can't believe this is the first time we're having you on the podcast, uh, uh. but we're so excited to share with um, our listeners in regards to uh, uh, your new book, Better Selling Through Storytelling, uh, which has my goodness. You I noticed you were just interviewed uh, by Larry King with that, yeah. and uh, you've worked with amazing companies like Honeywell and Olympus and Coca-Cola and you happen to be the best storyteller I have ever met. Your TEDx talk I think has over a million views now. We're super excited and we can't wait to have you share with us about how storytelling is so critical and important in sales, right? You don't make sales, you don't have a company. And there's so many challenges out there that salespeople face. And having, I love, we'll get into a little bit about instead of case studies, we're going to talk about case stories today. So I'm so excited to have you. And let's just start there, John. What is the difference between a case study and a case story?
0: Well, Carla, a case study's been around forever. It's what salespeople usually do when they wanna show other people like testimonials or here's a case study of another client and it's lots of facts and figures, typically no story normally. And even the word study sounds like homework to me. It sounds boring. <laughs> yeah. And you know, I gotta make my case to get push you to buy. So I tell uh, people, let's turn those case studies that are somewhat boring into compelling Case stories, and I can give an example of that in a second, but the reason you want to do this is when you tell a story of someone else you've helped, and here's the mistake most people make, Carla, they make themselves the hero of the story. You're not the hero. The client is the hero that you've helped, your current or existing customer, and you're like a Sherpa or a Yoda in Star Wars. You're helping that customer go on their journey faster without all the frustration And so when you tell that story of someone else you've helped, and you're telling that to a potential new client who's listening to that case story, the goal is to get that new potential Mm -hmm. client to see themselves in that story, and then the magic happens. No longer are you pushing, saying, you want to buy? You simply say, does that sound like the kind of journey you'd like to go on with us?
1: love that and can you share with us the biggest myth and i love what you've talked about here in regards to what salespeople believe Mm. and really the the myth they've been told which really needs to go the opposite way
0: (laughs) yes well the biggest myth most people have and we've heard it for years oh you got to get people to know like and trust you in order to get them to buy so that belief system causes a behavior which is oh i got to get you to know me Let me push out a bunch of information and facts and figures so you know enough about me now to buy, or you know, you want more details about the product and people buy emotionally, not logically. So the order is completely wrong. So you need to flip the script and start with trust, Mm. which is a gut thing. It's what allowed us, you know, fight or flight. The handshake came about to show you didn't have a weapon in your hand. And then it goes to the heart. Do I like you? And here's the secret, Carla. The people that describe the problem the best and show empathy, that's who people think have their solution. Yes. So we go gut, heart, and then the head. And it's still not knowledge and facts and figures. It's this unspoken question people have. Will this work for me? If they don't think it's great that it works for a bunch of other people, but if they can't see themselves in the story, they're still not going to say yes.
1: Mm -hmm. I love that. I love it. Plus, it's such a better way than just shoving out a whole bunch of information, right? Yes. And when you get somebody to um, trust you, everything else just kind of falls into place, right? But I think the the thing there is make sure at the end you come back around and have that story. um, It's going to anchor after they, Mm -hmm. that's wonderful. Okay, so can you share with us some ideas in regards to how telling your story can differentiate you? Because in a lot of different industries, you're kind of seen as a commodity. So how can you utilize storytelling to make sure you're not just like everybody else?
0: (laughs) Well, one of my clients is an architecture firm, and they were told, listen, you're in the final three. All three of you could do the work. We're going to hire the people we like the most. And they said, what? How do we do that? We just show our work and hope that's what wins the business. So I worked with them on their team slide. And I said, what do you normally say? Well, I'm Bob. I've been here 10 years and I do this. And I'm like, hmm. Pull the individual stories out. Bob, what made you become an architect? Well, when I was 11 years old, I played with Legos. And now I have a son that's 11. I still play with Legos. I'm bringing that same passion to this job. Fantastic. How about you, Sue? Where did you work before here? Oh, he's in the Israeli army. All right. I bet you learned a lot about focus and discipline. So let's make sure that focus and discipline comes to this project. So it comes on time and under budget. Yeah. And they told that story, their likability factor went up because people remembered those stories. They engaged and felt like, oh, those are people we want to work with. I like playing with Legos too. <laughs> nice.
1: Right? And that's what you kind of envision it as well. And I think what's really interesting about this is – Almost everyone I meet that I get to know has an amazing story, but for some reason, because it's their story, they don't think it's that cool. (laughs) Uh, And so they don't elevate their story because they just go, well, eh, you know, and they kind of brush it off and you get to know the things that they've done in the past and you're blown away.
0: (laughs) And so it's not new to you, but it's new to everybody else. You got to remember that.
1: Exactly. And I know you always use this uh, analogy of, being an ostrich or a peacock. Can you share with (laughs) us why you use that analogy and the importance of being aware of which one you are being at the time?
0: Yes, well, here's a classic example. When I gave a keynote 10 years ago, I talked about this and someone came up to me and said, I still remember this story. And I thought, wow, that's the power of storytelling because a lot of things, you know, you hear a talk and you forget about what you, you heard, certainly 10 years later. Um, so the question we all have is, do I want to be like an ostrich, especially during a pandemic, and bury my head and just pretend? Let me know when it's all over, please. Or do we <laughs> want to be like a peacock, which makes itself bigger and all those beautiful feathers come up? It's really to scare the predators away. We think it's just to look pretty. So and the choice is ours. Do we want to be the ostrich, burying our head? Do we want to be the peacock? I'm still in business, people. I'm here. Here's what I got going on now. And so that choice, am I an ostrich or a peacock, is what really helps people figure out what they want to do in every situation.
1: It creates such an energy around it when you talk about it too. Just like Mm -hmm. when you think about the ostrich and the peacock and the energy associated with uh, that. And when you're going through challenging times, what I found is you build better relationships. People are actually paying attention more, Mm -hmm. right? Um, And so I love that. (laughs) I love that analogy. It's fantastic. So let's get back to the question... I asked initially is this case study and case story yes. aspect of it. And then how can you, in doing the case study and the case story, you, you also said you can differentiate yourself by your story, right? But right, how right. also can you differentiate the actual case study and case story with that energy of, um, of being an ostrich or a peacock, right? It, would, it feels so different, you know what I mean? But when you apply the energy and you look at ostrich, ostrich and peacock to your case study and case story, man, you layer those two overs, you're gonna, you're gonna have a pretty impactful uh, you know, positioning in regards Indeed. to your clients. And so share with us then, I know you did this ginormous deal, I can't even help know how long ago, it was a billion dollar deal, right? That you helped Gensler with. Can you share with us how you worked with them and closed that deal?
0: Yes, so what we did was They had some great case studies of before and after pictures of other airports they had renovated and they were up for a billion dollar airport renovation in Pittsburgh. And so the stakes were really high and yet the process is exactly the same. Everyone gets an hour to come into the room and make their case why they should win. And so when we were looking at these before and after pictures, I said, these are beautiful pictures now, but there's no story here. And so here's the story that allowed them to win the billion dollar airport renovation two years ago in New York JetBlue JFK we were asked to renovate that wing during that time one of the challenges we had was to rip up all the floors in the middle of the night between 9 at night and 9 in the morning and we had all of our vendors on call in case something went right or wrong and if it went wrong we had to get it done by 9 so the stores could open on time so wouldn't you know two in the morning a fuse blue no, we something went wrong. 20 minutes, fixed <laughs> it. And then at 8.59, the last tile went down and all the stores opened on time. And now a year later, their sales are up 15% in those stores because we've designed a place that pulls in shoppers and keeps them shopping longer. Wow. Much more impactful than here's well, some before attributes. I could
1: visualize pictures. it as well. That's mm-hmm. the neat thing about telling a story is you kind of put yourself in that situation yes. uh, the workers that were working from nine to nine and you, it just right. kind of tugs you in and you want to hear more so i love yeah. that so can you also share with us a little bit about how you can make yourself memorable and likable through the story without kind of you know a lot of people they feel like oh i'm bragging if i talk about myself but what kind of panache can you put on your story to make you uh, remember somebody right 10 years later that they said hey mm-hmm. i remember that story that you told
0: Well, I think when you combine a case study with your own personal story, that's really where the magic happens. Mm -hmm. And so I was working with a salesperson at Olympus, and they were selling a 4K resolution screen to doctors. And, you know, the old way was just to talk about specs and resolution and color and all this other stuff. Instead, I worked with them on turning that into a case story. And in this case, the salesperson was not the hero, but he was in the story. Mm. And so he describes this situation where he worked with a rural hospital of Minnesota five years ago, which is not known for cutting edge technology, but they wanted to test it. And he happened to be in the room during the surgery in case the doctor had any questions. And it was a fairly routine surgery. However, the patient had a very high BMI. They were overweight, which mm-hmm. made it high risk. And during the surgery, unfortunately, the Doctor hit a vessel and it was a gusher. It was a sea of red. And the doctor looked at that resolution of 4K Olympus provided, and the color was so distinct, he could see the subtle color changes between the red blood that was oxygenated and the red that was not oxygenated. And that allowed him to find exactly the source of the bleeder in time to save that patient's life.
1: Wow, you just gave me goosebumps.
0: The doctor turns to the sales rep and said, I'm so glad we tested this poor cake. I don't know that the patient would be here if we didn't have it. So then that rep is now able to tell that story about himself and why he loves what he does so much.
1: And he was in the room watching it. So you kind of, I love that. Man, you're so good at this. Thank you. (laughs) Okay. And so how can you one is a story but then you also have what everybody likes to call you know their elevator pitch Mm -hmm. so how can you differentiate the two but you know have that short um elevator pitch and then also have that longer kind of case story after Mm. you get them hooked in regards to the elevator pitch
0: well you know everybody needs a good elevator pitch even if we're not literally riding in elevators a lot anymore we still need to be clear concise and compelling on who we help and what problem we solve. So for example, mine is, you know, how salespeople at companies struggle not to be seen as a commodity. And I'm known as the pitch whisperer and they hire me to be their keynote speakers at sales meetings. And I show them how to turn boring case studies into compelling case stories. And when that happens, they become revenue rock stars and win new business.
1: That's awesome.
0: So people are very clear. Here's who I help, here's what problem I solve. And here's what happens after I speak.
1: I love that. Revenue rock star. (laughs) And, you know, when you're, you know, we're so bombarded these days, right? We've got email and we've got ads and we've got just constant, you know, input, right? From all these different areas. Mm -hmm. How do you clear your way through that noisy space without, you know, um, without bragging?
0: Well, the best way to not be seen as an annoying pest, but instead be seen as a welcome guest, is to tell stories. For example, one salesperson at a hospital was trying to catch the doctors in between surgeries. He goes, hey doc, I got this new equipment. Well, I go, I don't have time. Another salesperson said, hey doc, I've got a great story about another doctor who was just as busy as you and what he's doing to keep his stress level down. (laughs) That doctor has time for a good story to help what he's dealing with in that moment and builds the relationship. And then she's able to set up time to talk with him later.
1: That's awesome. Clear, concise. And um, so I think we'll wrap it up with one last question is, and to piggyback on that, how can you remain authentic when you're telling your story? I think you've given us a lot of little pieces here, Mm -hmm. but I wanna kind of ask a little bit deeper in regards to, you know, instead of sounding like, hey, this is your story, like you say it in such a magical way, it just feels like you're having a conversation. Mm -hmm. So how can others embrace that and be able to tell a story authentically and really own it so that they can feel authentic, right? Because if you're uncomfortable, Right. You're, it's gonna be hard to come across as authentic.
0: Well, I'll tell a story of when Larry King interviewed me and I had breakfast with him and his staff and then we got into his car and drove to the studio. And he and his co-host were sitting in the back seat. They had the baseball game on. And the guy from the back seat, very innocently as they were talking about baseball said, hey, John, are you into sports? And I thought to myself, there's the moment. Am I gonna be authentic or not? And I said, actually, not really. I'm an advertising background and my friends, used to, we used to watch the Super Bowl for the commercials, not the game, and they kind of laughed. And then Larry King asked me the very same question. John, how important is it for the stories that you tell to be authentic? I said, Larry, it's everything because if you're not into sports and someone asked you, don't fake it, don't pretend. And he, you know, he laughed because he remembered me doing that. So I think when we are our authentic self and we're not into something, we don't know something about something, even if it's popular, don't try to pretend because you'll get caught and then you lose all trust and respect.
1: Yeah, I love that. Okay, so you have, I know you wrote the book, Uh, Better Selling Through Storytelling, Mm -hmm. and now you have created a training around that. Can you share a little bit about your training and what's in there?
0: Yes, well, it's 10 minutes a day for 10 days, or you can binge watch it all like a Netflix show on a weekend. And it allows people to really understand how to craft their own story, including an elevator pitch, and then how to turn those case studies into case stories and what's the secret sauce behind it. And you are going to learn a little quizzes afterwards, you get a little certificate after you take it. And the big thing people really love is you get to work with me in a private Facebook group once a week, practicing your pitches, asking questions, so it's a very interactive way to get storytelling in your toolbox. And afterwards, you stop coming in second place because like the Olympics, in the world of business, if you come in second place, there's no medal. You either get the account or you <laughs> you're don't. Tired.
1: What did they say, You second place, you're the first loser, right? <laughs> <In> yeah,
0: second- <laughs> so people are, who are tired of coming in second place because they're just not telling the right story have gotten huge outcomes from this. And storytelling not only helps your career, but it helps your personal life. You have better interactions with people. So I love helping people become master storytellers through the course. And we're going to be having a masterclass on that and promoting it to people who want to really get some hands-on experience in a way that can totally transform not just their career, but how they interact with bosses and children
1: yes we are totally going to uh not only extend it to our listeners but our community because this is so critical i think more critical than ever now since we're all kind of sitting behind our computers and Mm -hmm. the interesting thing is everybody's available uh Mm -hmm. the challenge is is that it's gotten even noisier right Mm -hmm. like there's even more coming that way so john how can our listeners get a hold of you
0: Well, you can follow me on social media at John underscore Livesey or on Instagram, I'm The Pitch Whisperer. And if you can't remember um, that, just Google The Pitch Whisperer and all my content will come up. And I love hearing from people who are uh, involved and interested in learning on how to become a better storyteller.
1: Excellent. We'll make sure all of the links are provided uh, for our listeners. And thank you so much for being on the show, John.
0: Thanks for having me, Carla. Thank you for listening to the People Catalyst podcast. And remember, it's a good life.